From activism to entertainment, health to nightlife, profiles and courage to travel, and so much more. This is the Jeff Hawker Show, LGBTQ news and lifestyle conversation for the Coachella Valley region. Here's Jeff Hawker. Welcome to the show, everybody. We're so excited that you're here today. We've got two really great guests today, so let's get right at it. Our first guest is um, a local... He's becoming a little bit of a local celebrity. People are really getting to know him now because he sits on two very important boards. Um, One um, is the president of the United Nations Association, the Coachella Valley chapter. And the second is the newly branded DAP Health Board of Directors. I'm speaking of Bertel Lindblad. How are you doing today? I'm fine, thanks. So before we get into... United Nations Association and all that. We just had Pete Buttigieg sworn in as the new Secretary of Transportation. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's great because it's, uh, as I recall, he's the first ever, uh, you know, openly gay, you know, cabinet member. And so this is fabulous. I think that will inspire you know, people all all over, including in other countries as well, even though, for example, in many European countries, you already have several prominent, you know, leaders in politics, etc., who are represent the LGBT community. But it's really encouraging, and I think we're on the right track with Pete. Well, it, it, I've seen over the last two weeks a real different House and Senate as it relates to confirmations, they're sailing through without a lot of debate. It's, it just seems like it's a gentler, kinder world in Washington right now. Yeah, I think that's that's correct in many ways. But we, we also need to be reminding ourselves that there are still, you know, many countries around the globe where, you know, if there are even laws related to same-sex relations and so forth. And this is where the United Nations, you know, plays a very important role through its human rights mechanisms, most notably the Human Rights Council and Commission and so forth to combat all forms of discrimination. Now, one of the focuses that you've had over your career is helping children um, you've worked with Save the Children, UNICEF, and UNAIDS. Tell us a little bit about your experience and, and how that got to you to where you are today. Well, no, I started out with Save the Children Sweden, which is one of the major Save the Children, you know, nonprofits globally. And uh, the focus was very much on child rights and, you know, work uh, addressing the rights of the most vulnerable children and you know you had issues like child labor uh, you know child sexual exploitation children affected by war and so forth and that led me to unicef uh, using again the convention on the rights of the child which is you know a international treaty to protect children's rights and that's why uh, also uh, rights became very important when it comes to HIV because the HIV epidemic, most notably in Africa, had a serious impact on children, many losing one or both parents to AIDS. So uh, 
we were working, uh, you know, with partners all over the world to combat, uh, you know, HIV in that sense. And that led me to UNAIDS, which is a joint United Nations program uh, working globally, uh, you know, to address HIV. Were you working with these organizations during the Bush administration when they were funding some of these programs to to stop AIDS in Africa? Yeah, yes, I, I was. And actually, one, I must say, one of the notable, you know, great achievements during the Bush era or by, you know, former President Bush was actually that he was... Uh, he launched the U.S. initiative called PEPFAR, which is the President's Emergency Relief Program combating AIDS. And that led the United States to become the largest donor in the world when it comes to HIV. And that continued during the Obama administration. And, of course, it continues today where the United States does play an important role, including as a member of the executive board of UNAIDS and a large donor also to UNAIDS, together with Sweden, the Netherlands, and other countries. Well, it's my understanding that they were really effective at making sure that if a mother was pregnant, that the baby was not born with AIDS. Yeah, exactly. That, that's called, you know, the term is, you know, to prevent uh, mother-to-child transmission on HIV through the use of antiretroviral drugs, you know, given to a pregnant woman before giving birth. And this was a major focus of the U.S. PEPFAR program, but also several uh, other initiatives, uh, you know, by UNICEF and also non-governmental organization. It has met, had a tremendous impact, especially in Africa, on re- Bertel, could you say that again? We had a little bit of a glitch. Okay, so sorry. No, I was saying that the program to prevent mother-to-child transmission on HIV was a cornerstone of the U.S. PEPFAR program and several other initiatives, and it has had a very positive impact on the uh, the global fight against uh, HIV/AIDS, especially in Africa. Well, and it's quite interesting. You know, your your career has has been very focused on, you know, working with agencies that are administering vaccines. We look at what's going on right now, but throughout history, there's been a lot of viruses that have circulated through the globe, you know, and this is a relatively, you know, compared to like the Spanish flu, this isn't even as severe. I mean, are they worried about like a super virus that could spread even faster than COVID has? Well, I mean, there is always the danger you know, there is research going on and, you know, the World Health Organization, you know, for many years has warned that we will continue to see, you know, viruses and there will be outbreaks. And that's why it's so important to be uh, better prepared for what may come next. And uh, on that note, it's very encouraging now that there is something called COVAX, which is an international initiative uh, with the World Health Organization to now get 
vaccines rolled out against COVID in developing countries. And the good news here, since we have a new administration, is that the United States rejoined not only the World Health Organization a couple of weeks ago, but also what's called COVAX, which will... Uh, I read something the other day. There are like, you know, billions of doses that are needed and would be then provided uh, for uh, poorer countries because there has to be equity when it comes to vaccine distribution in order to really get, you know, immunity and protection globally. So does that include a program, let's say the United States, which is bought hundreds of millions of doses, if they end up with extra doses, is there a program where they then could distribute them to other countries? Yeah, I think the way it will work is that the United States will provide funding, you know, to COVAX. You know, it's being coordinated by something called the Global uh, Vaccine Initiative, which is based in Geneva. And there, it's a coalition. And UNICEF, by the way, is also a partner because UNICEF, has great experience in vaccination programs in developing countries. Right. So funding would be provided by the U.S. and other countries to purchase the vaccines required and then also ensure that there is funding for distribution and uh, management of these uh, programs. It sounds very exciting. It, it, it sounds like in your lifetime you've really seen a big change in the equity of different countries and how these vaccines are distributed. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, I think, you know, there has been a very good track record when it comes to, you know, polio vaccinations, you have typhoid fever, you have, you know, all kinds of vaccines. And so that I think has been, you know, well done. And, uh, you know, in, in many countries all over the world. And that's why, it's disturbing that you do have, even in the U.S., you have sort of anti-vaccine, you know, advocacy, which is really dangerous because it's really critical, you know, not only for COVID now, but, you know, that people are, you know, properly vaccinated, you know, the childhood diseases and so forth. So we just need to encourage now, especially with COVID, that, you know, people get their vaccine as soon as possible. Well, and we've seen a resurgence in children of mumps and measles, which are ba- basically had been eradicated. Yeah, exactly. You know, so is that again, you know, so important to have those childhood vaccinations, you know, given to all kids. Well, and I think there needs to be a national policy, too, because in the state of California, I don't even think you can take your child, enroll your child in kindergarten until they're vaccinated. Right, right. You know, right. When, when I was a young kid, I mean, we were just required to do that. It was mandatory. Right. It wasn't like the parents had a choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and if you could, if you wanted yeah. to homeschool your kids, that was great. But, you know, you had to. And exactly. I, and, and and I think that's one of the really great messages that, you know, um, President Biden has really demonstrated is just like wearing a mask, you are saving right. somebody else's life, you know, so take exactly. the vaccine so you can also save somebody else's life. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, you know, and I think also for international travel, it will probably be, you know, required that you have proof of having had the COVID 
vaccination before you can enter a country. That has been true for smallpox and, you know, yellow fever and other diseases previously. You know, uh, Wuhan, China, was sort of a hot spot for this particular strain and this particular virus. Is there other parts of the country that tend to be hot spots that, you know, UNICEF and and the UN are looking at at making sure that there's people on the ground? Well, I think from what I know now and have heard or read is that Wuhan, as we all know, that's what, you know, was the, I guess, the origin, you could say, of COVID. And as we speak, uh, there is a whole team of uh, experts from the World Health Organization. They were given, you know, permission to enter China. I think they arrived about a week or so ago. And that's really working together with the Chinese authorities to kind of, you know, look into the origins of COVID and so forth. So I think that's the number one spot where they're, they're focusing right now, but also in South Africa and, you know, the countries where there are new strains that have emerged. Right, to where, make sure they capture is, them quickly. Yeah, and what? that's where, you know, the role of WHO is so critical at this time. We're in conversation with Bertel Lindblad. He is the newly elected president of the United Nations Association Coachella Valley Chapter and also on the board of directors of DAP Health, DAP Health. When we come back, we'll talk about the United Nations Association and some of the programs that they've done and programs they're looking at to really grow the association here in the Coachella Valley. Coachella Valley. You're listening to The Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. The Jeff Hawker Show, casting a brilliant rainbow of diversity on iHub Radio. Now, here's Jeff. We're getting some great information from Bertel Lindblad. He's the president of the United Nations Association chapter. Before we go into the UNA, um, tell us a little bit about um, your board role with um, DAP Health, which is just newly rebranded in the last week. Yeah, I, I think that it, I'm so proud to be a member of the board of directors of DAP Health and this recent move, you know, with the name change, it's a reflection of how DAP has really grown uh, to become, you know, a, a health center clinic for everyone. Mm-hmm. And of course, not abandoning or minimizing at all its original, you know, purpose and focus, which was HIV. But now, you know, it welcomes anyone and the services are, you know, getting more comprehensive, uh, you know, every year. For example, it's, uh, you know, social services. We provide, you know, uh, mental health services. There is a dental clinic and so forth and also outreach work to reach, you know, in some cases hard to reach members of our community and uh, also reflecting health as a basic human right. And so I think this is great that we really focus on, you know, the right aspect here that, you know, any health service 
should be provided regardless of your financial ability and so forth. Yeah, we had a situation uh, last week where uh, I represent Jewish Family Service of the Desert and uh, Julie Hirsch, who's their director of community outreach, contacted uh, DAP Health and said, we would like some help and support in vaccinating some of our Holocaust survivors who tend to be, you know, uh, have underlying health concerns and, of course, are usually over 70 years old. And right right away they jumped in and and within a couple days, some of the most prone uh, people were vaccinated right away. So, you know, and one of the uh, survivors said, you're saving my life. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are worried that they're going to contract the virus and get a bad case of it. Yeah, no, it's really great. And I also think that it it was an amazing, you know, initiative that DAP took, you know, already in starting last year, almost a year ago now, when COVID uh, broke out there, immediately took action and we could raise some additional funds and so forth to even have COVID services very early on, including testing and, you know, people could contact DAP, uh, you know, with COVID-related, you know, symptoms or concerns. And that will continue now for the foreseeable future where, so we're really proud to have staff you know, competent healthcare staff dedicated to COVID, which is now, uh, in that sense, a new and additional component of the services that DAP provides. If you want more information, you can go to daphealth.org. Now, I, I sit on the United Nations Association Coachella Valley chapter with you, and very excited that you're the new president because you bring such a depth and wealth of experience working with United Nations. Um, Give us an idea of what you see, you know, uh, give us an idea of some of the programs that we've done, you know, in the last uh, year, and then also what you see for the future. Yeah, of course, you know, I was very happy to take uh, the president's role last year. Of course, now, hampered very much by COVID because in normal times, so to speak, United Nations uh, chapters, you know, all over the country will have, you know, in-person events, you know, ranging from, you know, speaker series, there could be fundraisers, there can be some fun things going on, you know, where you do invite people and they're open uh, to anyone. Uh, For the past year now, we've had to do everything virtually, you know, via Zoom, but hopefully this will change maybe by fall. And what we did as in the beginning after I took over was that our first virtual event was actually focusing on COVID and its impact on health, education and food security in the Valley, where we had people from from DAP and we had someone from the Palm Springs Unified School District, Sandra Lyons, and we had also uh, someone representing uh, an NGO providing uh, food. Deborah from Fine Food Bank. That's right. And that that was a great beginning. And then we followed 
uh, our second event last year was focusing on uh, racial equality, social justice, where we had representatives primarily from the African-American community here in the Valley. And this will continue now in 2021. And we are just starting up to look at the program for the coming year. And what I think we will do as a priority, again, given COVID, is that we will have an event that will focus on the importance of vaccination, given that there are fierce questions and so forth out there. So that, that, I think, would be a great beginning. But then later on, we will have... Uh, hey, you know, hey Berto, of- can, you, can you stick around for a couple minutes and we'll have you on at the bottom of the hour? Because I want to ask sure. you a couple more questions. If you want more okay. information, you can go to the Facebook page, United Nations Association, Coachella Valley Chapter, um, or you can go to un.org. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more with Berto Lindblad. You're listening to The Jeff Hawker Show on IHUB Radio. Live from Palm Springs, the Desert City's A to Z on LGBTQ. This is the Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio. Adam Schiff is lobbying Governor Newsom to appoint him California's next Attorney General. That would narrow the Democrats' margin further in the House of Representatives. It is a means to be a happier place for one of the House managers in Donald Trump's first impeachment trial. That and a possible jump to the U.S. Senate for the governor led the agenda on today's John McMullen show from 4 to 6 p.m. on the iHub Network. We're in conversation with Bertel Lindblad. He is the president of the United Nations Association Coachella Valley Chapter. And we were just talking about some of the things that you would like to do in the coming year. That's right. So as I mentioned, we hope to have several events, you know, and hopefully in the fall they may be in person where we will focus on issues ranging from, I mentioned, the COVID vaccinations, but also we will look at climate change, we will look at human rights and also uh, other issues. So for example, there is UN Day in October where we will have probably presentations about you know, global issues as well. And we're also hoping to further develop collaboration with local nonprofits and community organizations that are active in the Valley because UN Association chapters also provide you know uh, advocacy and uh, also some awards uh, to local organizations that work and this is all related to the you know the foundation of the un its principles and so forth and uh, all of these issues they also reflect the sustainable development goals that have been adopted by all countries within the United Nations system. And uh, another very important uh, purpose that we have and mission is to advocate for the United Nations in terms of the United States being a member, of course, and also supporting these various initiatives. For example, right now with the pandemic to provide support and awareness about the World Health Organization and also, again, UNICEF for 
working on vaccine development, uh, not development, but distribution and so forth. So we will have a whole range of issues, but linking, so to speak, the global with the local, because many of the challenges we face in the Coachella Valley, they also reflect uh, problems that we see globally as well. Well, and it's, you know, we've had like a four-year lapse of the United States really being intricately involved on a presidential level. I, I think it, it's gratifying work and it's exciting to be involved with it because UN chapters are so involved and there's so many events that you can attend. And when you hear these people speak, I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's great. And also, I should also say that we are part of the, you know, they're over... 200 chapters in the country and for example in southern california there are some really well established chapters for example in in san diego there is a very active fairly new chapter in los angeles and what we're hoping to do with the help of the uh, the other chapters is we can even co-host some events and hopefully you know we've done that before within these chapters is that you would invite speakers to come even from the UN in New York or other guests who are here in the country and this can be shared between the chapters. I'm looking forward to develop also relationships with you know the other chapters around Southern California and then there is also uh, a set of opportunities to participate in events both in Washington and in New York for members and I should also say that the key priority for us will be to reach out to youth and young people uh, and that's why we're so happy to have uh, Meridian Sanchez uh, on the board she came on very recently and she is also on the board of directors for the College of the Desert. So that will be a very valuable uh, entry point uh, to engage uh, young people uh, around the valley. So if somebody wants to be involved with the Coachella Valley chapter, what's the phone number? What's the email address? And also you can go to the Facebook page too. Yeah, I think the Facebook page would be the best. And then there is also una.org, una.org where one can read about the UNA chapters and also become a member. It's very easy. You just need to indicate that you would like to be a member of the Coachella Valley chapter. Yeah. And uh, there is also, redu- I think it's, it's, it's $20. Only like, yeah, $25. It's very inexpensive. Yeah. yeah. So, so And we will have further campaigns you know, on social media to recruit and word of mouth and so forth to to recruit even more members. Well, we'll have to have you back, Bertel, and give us all an update on what's going on. Great to have you okay, on the show exactly. today, and we will see you very soon. Thank you. Take care. Thank Take you care. very much. Our next guest on the show is Jim Scheibel, who is a proud Canadian transplant to the Coachella Valley. He and his husband are uh, very involved in philanthropy here in the Coachella Valley, and we'll hear more about that. He is also uh, the new vice president for the United Nations Association Coachella Valley Chapter. How are you doing today, Jim? I'm great, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So I was going to ask you, as, as I was coming to the studio today, you know, we hear so much about politics in the United States. Um 
are people are, are Canadian citizens happy with how the government is run up there or do they have the same kind of infighting that we have here? Uh, that's an interesting perspective. And, and I do think that um, just globally, our politics have shifted to that sort of uh, a, a, there's a nativist sort of uh, vein that's running through it. And so I, I would once say that there was a chasm between um, the, the United States and, and sort of Canadian politics. But there, there is certainly some of that um, uh, partisan politics that you see in the United States extending up into Canada, nowhere near, um, you, you know, having five or six different national parties spreads out that sort of um, electoral uh, base, um, which gives a, a place for people to land with a point of view. But uh, there, there certainly is a rising nativism that um, uh, has caused uh, some of the same friction that uh, is happening, but nowhere near the same degree as uh, here in the United States. Yeah, it seems like we, a lot of these organ these fringe organizations have run unchecked for quite a period of time. You know, it, it, probably four years or much longer than that. And it's time that you know we all kind of look at, you know, who, who we're associating associating with, and make sure that you know we have a common vision for building the United States and not just have it partisan all the time. Yeah, and 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 to that point, I, I just would like to, to to say I was really proud to see that in Canada, they um, the Canadian government made uh, the Proud Boys a uh, uh, declared them as a terrorist organization, yeah. and I think that's important that um, many different governments around the world start stepping up, and uh, especially on domestic terrorism, which we know is uh, clearly on the rise. Well, and and I'm I'm so grateful to see too that corporations too are are taking a stand and not just rolling over like they've done for so long. You know, if there's a problem on the board of directors, they get rid of those board of directors right away. And I think that's important that, you know, as my grandfather always said, you know, stand for something or you'll fall for anything. And it really is true in everyday life. You have to take a stand. Yeah, I, I think um, we're seeing um, we're seeing the the purchase power and also the influence of a younger generation that sort of eighteen to forty nine group coming in and being uh, the economic drivers and they have different expectations than our generation did. They have different expectations of organizations of corporations that they have um, you know a value system and uh, that they have ethics and uh, it's kind of a fun time to watch um, corporations uh, do these sorts of actions and 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 shift uh, the that moral center uh to to where it should be um nowhere near but it, it, it certainly is a change that's going on and it's demonstrative so i was just reading over your bio i didn't realize that you'd been in palm springs for 10 years yeah, you, you you know, um, we were here for the first five years um, without owning a small business. And when when you start owning a small business, you get um, clearly more involved in the community. Um, we moved here probably in 2011, um, and I had to own some property here. And my husband uh, was uh, a chief sales officer with an insurance company up in Seattle, and um, it got bought out by a hedge fund. And we moved down here to our vacation home and said, okay, what's next for us? And um, he took a role. As a, a senior executive with the company over on the coast, and um, we had some properties here that I managed, and so we laid below the radar for a number of years. And then, when you start a small business, it certainly projects you into the public eye um, as you do as you market and get more involved. 
So you and your husband, Tim Wood, are openly gay. He, you know, owns a state farm insurance agency in Cathedral City. Is it different? Is there a different perception when you're openly gay and you're out there, you know, selling to different businesses? You, you know, um, for me, it, it seems so natural. Um, even for the last decade of my career up in Canada um, as a healthcare administrator, uh, I was uh, very open. And I think 50% of our uh, of our shop, um, of our uh, administrative shop, was uh, was gay or LGBT. And and so for me, it was just um, I wouldn't want to live any other way. And so I think uh, from the day one, um, we had uh, a vision that we are going to be openly gay and obviously. Um, um, uh, market to the, the, the entire uh, Coachella Valley. And um, I think uh, we had a really great partner in State Farm. I think they were looking for uh, someone to um, fill that LGBTQ uh, mid-valley, uh, space mid-valley. And I think um, we've had tremendous support from them. And I just feel like it's never really been an issue for us. And we just lead with our, our chest and our head forward. Now, like I said, you have been, um, you are now um, the vice president of the United Nations Association Coachella Valley chapter, and we'll get into that in a couple minutes, but tell us about some of the other philanthropic things you and your husband do here in the Valley. Well, uh, you know, I have to back it up a little bit um, because, uh, you know, I was really quite involved in in Canada and in some um, inner city youth uh, projects and some different things. And uh, my husband, unfortunately, was on a plane for 30 years and he wasn't really able to participate outside of writing a check or financially. And so um, when we were starting this business, we said we want it to be a Main Street perspective. We really want to be a throwback to um, the, the, the days uh, of yore and, and certainly um, be, participate in community. And um, because he was on a plane for so many years, he wasn't really even able to um, be uh, join a bowling league. And so uh, when we decided to do this, we sort of picked the things that we were very passionate about. And certainly food security was one of them. Um, seniors, um, senior isolation. And so we, we've, we've participated with a variety of different organizations here in the Coachella Valley out of our passion. Well, and I know you're, you've been very involved with kids throughout your life and your career. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about that and also your role as the new vice president of the United Nations Association, Coachella Valley Chapter. You are listening to The Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer. The Jeff Hawker Show, casting a brilliant rainbow of diversity on iHub Radio. Now, here's Jeff. We're getting to know Jim Scheibel. He and I have worked together on a few projects, including the Harvey Milk Diversity Breakfast. And, and now we serve together on the board of directors of the United Nations Association Coachella Valley. So tell us about, you are also in charge of programming 
So tell us about some of the ideas you have for 2021. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, I think uh, I was listening to Bertoli and you chat a little bit um, uh, in the last segment. And, uh, you, you know, we accomplished a couple goals last year by uh, highlighting um, COVID-19 and, and its implications on education and health and uh, food security and also um, some uh, some social justice issues. So um, as a continuation, we certainly want to, um, a, a, you know, align ourselves with um, some of the initiatives with uh, the global UN, um, but make them very applicable to our local community. And um, over the last month or so, both Bertel and I have met with some uh, some some senior centers and uh, their executive directors about uh, COVID-19 vaccination and demystifying uh, some of the the sort of uh, rumor gossip innuendo and some mistruths out there. So um, certainly that would be where we would want to start is with a vaccine vaccination education throughout the Coachella Valley, um, trying to bring some experts on board who could um, have some discussions, especially with our senior community about um, the importance of vaccination and um, demystifying some of those things for them. Um, I, I also know that, um, you, you know, um, the new administrative changes um, over the past four years, lots of things have been rolled back by the Trump administration. So um, it's almost like you needed uh, a decoder ring to understand uh, some of the executive orders that um, were were put in place, that were remo- removed, and now some new ones are put in place. And so what that means to the climate, the LGBT community, um, communities of color, so I think we'd like to be able to get someone on um, and give our Valley some explanation of what that means going forward for the next four years. Um, in addition, I think climate action, it's really an important year, um, you, you know, reentering the, the Paris Climate Accord. Um, we know that um, businesses are now more engaged in climate change and, and we understand that climate action is really important and may be the most um, important um, topic and issue of our time. So we'd like to be able to put some um, some focus on that. Uh, we also would like to um, talk about neo-Nazism and uh, racism um, here in the Coachella Valley and just globally that um, human rights and basic freedoms uh, of women, girls, minorities, LGBTQ people um, are, are uh, on the rise and are perilously um, going backwards. And we need to be able to have these discussions to talk about um, how, how we address them, not only globally, but um, locally as well. And then finally, um, uh, we had talked about um, the uh, sort of subsect of the LGBT community uh, um, to talk about transgender right and um, transgender right rights uh, here in the Coachella Valley and what we can do um, for the trans community. Uh, the, the Trump administration certainly rolled back um, and gave license to a transphobic voice. And we see elevated numbers of hate crimes against this community. And so w- it would be nice to be able to get our local leaders um, to discuss challenges and how we can move more effectively. So that's, you know, we want to pick four or five of those over the next year to, to um have some fulsome discussions about, and uh, hopefully we can uh, engage the community uh, in a more meaningful way. Well, in the previous administration, it seemed like we were constantly going backward. I think now with this new hope and new direction of the Biden administration, we can now set new goals and look towards the future and, and, and really advance some of the communities that are underserved. 
absolutely. I think that um, it's nice to have a sense of rationality and um, a, a progressive-minded administrative uh, group in uh, Washington that can lead us more effectively. And it, it, it just seems like um, we can get back to moving the ball forward because it's, it was a really regressive four years. Yeah, this neo-Nazism is a bit scary to me, and I'm I'm a little concerned on, you know, Chancellor Chancellor Merkel is uh, she's not running again. I think she's stepping down in like September, and even Germany has seen a resurgence of this. It's almost like in this country, it's all these people have come out from under these rocks, and anti-Semitism is like on display everywhere. And I think it's something that we really have to take note of because if any one community is not safe, we're all not safe. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that um, the the license that was given um, over the past four years and um, the, the ability to go out without consequence and say and do some of the things that have been done, um, I think is a really scary time. And I think that we need to have a quick backlash and um, some priorities, even um, calling, um, you, you know, uh, domestic terrorist terrorist groups and identifying them that like Canada did today, I think is a, a step forward. And hopefully we can have other countries step up and do that because we need to put um, some, some boundaries on these groups because if not, they're just going to grow. And with the internet and the ability to communicate in so many encrypted ways, it's just getting worse and worse. Um, and the, this inertia builds. So we do have to have a backlash and there has to be consequences for these actions. Yeah. And they try to hide behind the first amendment when if you're inciting violence, that's not protected speech. Yeah. It's like, um, calling a fire in a, in a, a packed, uh, a theater. Um, you, you can't do that. And it's certainly their MO is to, to guise it as, um, free speech, but it's really inciting, um, anger and hate and violence. So I know the Coachella Valley chapter is looking for new and more members. How can they go about doing that? Well, uh, I, I think that, um, you, you know, obviously you can communicate anywhere with anyone on the board, yourself, uh, Bertel, myself. Uh, you can go to the Facebook page. You can attend one of our um, uh, our sessions, um, one of our programs, and, and listen and see if there's alignment. You, you know, we continue to diversify our board. I think we are looking for some gender equity. We're looking for some diversity. We're looking for youth members. Uh, so there, there's a lot of places to fill, and um, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of a fun time for us, and I think yeah. you would agree, is yep. uh, building something that has a global brand, but doing on a community level and finding the right people to put on the boat is really kind of fun and exciting. And so um, we're, we're walking before we run, and we're putting the right people on board, and uh, hopefully that we'll continue to do that. Again, the Facebook page is United Nations Association Coachella Valley Chapter. Thank you for coming on the show today, Jim. Also, we want to give a plug. If somebody wants insurance from State Farm Insurance Agency, how do they get a hold of you and your husband? Oh, that's so kind of you. Uh, You can give us a call at 760-770-0700 or Tim Wood, um, uh, Cathedral City State Farm. Terrific. We look forward to seeing you again very soon, Jim, and thanks for being on the show today. Thanks so much. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Jeff Hawker Show on iHub Radio. If you want to find out about all the programs on iHub, go to iHubRadio.com.